With the return of the NBA season coming fast, The Athletic has launched The Athletic NBA Show, a daily podcast combining some of your favorite basketball voices all under one umbrella. David Aldridge, Ethan Strauss, Marcus Thompson, Zach Harper, Sam Amick, Wozni Lambre, me, Dave DeFore, Seth Partnow, Mo Duckhill, and more, along with all of our athletic beat writers. Produced by Jade Hoy, it's a full-spectrum NBA one-stop shop. Something for everybody. Every day features a new show covering everything from insider news to cultural issues, from deep dives into analytics to deep dives inside the front office. So before things tip off later this month, make sure you subscribe to The Athletic NBA Show. Available now wherever you listen to podcasts. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Daily Slash Weekly Ding. I'm Zach Harper. That's Dave DeFore. We have all the latest coming out of the NBA suspension amid the coronavirus pandemic as we are so close to being back. We've got Andrew Schleck pushing buttons for us. Before we get into the show, reminder, 30-day free trial at theathletic.com slash daily ding. Get all the best from our team of writers. Also, use that comment section on the app. Tell how tell the writers how they're doing, as long as it's positive, hopefully, and tell us how we're doing even on the podcast. That's right, you can comment on podcasts. I don't think anyone else can do it, and if they can, I haven't seen it, so it doesn't count. Coming up on today's show, we're more back into the basketball groove than we've been in months, but first... Things are negative in Orlando, Dave, and that's a good thing. Ah, a little switch of the words there, you know, kind of mean, one meaning <laughs> is good, one meaning is bad. But the NBA announced yesterday on uh, on the old Monday of the 346 players tested for COVID-19 on the NBA campus since test results were last announced on July 13th. Zero. That's right. Zero. Less than one. Zero have returned uh, confirmed positive tests in the event that a player on the campus returns a confirmed positive test in the future. He will be isolated until he's cleared for leaving isolation under the rules established by the NBA and the Players Association. So, Dave, the concern has been, what if the coronavirus gets into the bubble and then spreads and will we have to shut this thing down? But at least so far, due to the testing, due to the protocol, due to the social distancing, people not wearing masks, uh, then wearing masks, then not wearing masks. Yes, I'm talking to you, Dwight Howard. Wear a mask. Uh, people following the protocols for wearing a mask, social distance, all the stuff that they've been asked to do and staying in their rooms during the quarantines for the most part. We have zero positive tests since that July 13th announcement. They're, that's good news, and it's a good step in the right direction, but it's not in the clear. Right. I mean, listen, this is going to require vigilance the entire time. And even as we've discussed before, even though it gets easier as you go along because you're going to have fewer people as teams leave – you still can't drop your guard with this. And this is a great sign that they're catching all these positive cases pre-bubble. I, I think that they caught one inside the bubble uh, and they've had some players leave who are going to be coming back. So they need to be rigorous with that testing. Obviously, they're going to stay on top of the testing within the bubble. Um, we, we've talked to a bunch of media members this week. It seems like, you know, they they feel like the plan is still working according to what they were instructed when they arrived. And as long as everything stays on on track, this seems to be working. Yeah, absolutely. Ben Golliver came out with a story for The Washington Post about the restrictions for the media part of it and how they're obviously not giving the same um, freedoms and areas to roam and, and kind of get out as the players, which, you know, that's no offense to the media there. That's how it should be. 
right? Like we we got to limit, right. we got to limit some certain things and there've got to be sacrifices uh, for keeping this thing safe and keeping this thing going in the right direction. And, you know, I've been as skeptical as anybody during this, uh, this buildup. And it's good to see that so far uh, things are in the right direction. Things are safe. Things are, are healthy. Things are, you know, progressing. We don't have the, th- well, I guess we still have the threat of it entering Dave, but we don't have the, the infiltration of it um, as right. far as we know. And so, uh, I think the key, though, is we've had that at various parts and in various times in this country over the last four or five months. Uh, and then people get a re- little relaxed and, and get a little you know complacent with this stuff. Stop going through um, the protocol as they they're supposed to. I guess that's my concern is like everyone hearing zero tests and then maybe players, coaches, staff, media, whoever deciding, OK, well, it worked. We're good now. Um, I know the NBA is going to try to keep that going. They've sent memos out about wearing masks during Zoom interviews because now they're media present. Uh, they're going to keep kind of moving the goalposts to make sure they're handling this correctly. But um, but yeah, man, I still have I still have plenty of concerns, but it is good news. I will say this is the difference between competent leadership and incompetent leadership. Yes. You know, the, the messaging from the NBA is very clear. Uh, also, it helps that these players are going to want for nothing. They're not going to have to worry if, if, if they're going to have food, if they're going to get paid, if they're going to be able to pay their mortgage. So the incentive for the players to follow the protocol is extremely high. You know, we could we could apply this to greater society and, and maybe we'd have similar results. But again, competent leadership with the NBA uh, is really making a big difference here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think with the league being vigilant about this and and look like. I don't think this is an ideal scenario for everyone. You know, the players are away from their families for an extended period of time. They're, you know, not free to roam and do whatever they want, you know, as they would in normal life. But as Stephen Adams said, look, they're at a resort. It's not Syria. (laughs) Right. Like like they're still in a pretty good place. And aside from the, uh, you know, the original Troy Daniels IG story or the Rajon Rondo Motel 6 uh, social media posts, like the the players seem to be pretty happy in this. And And I'm like, I am genuinely surprised at first i was considering like it's probably just a lot of lip service Mm -hmm. with this stuff you know because like you know you want to be a good company man for everything with some of the people talking about how nice the bubble is and how good of a setup it is but by all accounts like it's that message is remaining like they there isn't that frustration yet it will probably settle in at some point sure you'll get frustrated as you get into like month one month two month three of this if you're going deep in the playoffs but by then you're also probably distracted and focused on winning a championship or competing for as long as you can. And so there there will be a balance regardless. Right. And I think for these guys, once the games actually start and even the scrimmages to a certain degree, which are going to start this week, uh, Wednesday, I I think that that's going to help them be even more committed and more locked down. Like right now, a lot of these guys haven't seen each other for months. They're used to spending a lot of time together. You, we've seen them all. They're catching up. It's kind of a little bit of a party atmosphere, which is great. And it's nice that these guys have a chance to blow off some steam before they they really get back to, you know, what what is the the rigorous part of their job. Um, but I think that doing that job is going to help them. Yeah. I think being busy is a good thing. I mean, I think we can all relate to that during this entire mess. You and I have talked about this. Being busy has been great. I've I've been taking on as many podcasts as I can. I've got all these projects around the house. Like things to keep you occupied is a good thing. It's also keeping me from going out into public more often than I need to. This is a good thing. I, I think that everything working according to plan thus far is obviously a great sign. 
I have no doubt that they can keep this going. It's just, you know, c- continued vigilance. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think another test of this will be, I believe, on Wednesday as well. That's when players who were confined to one hotel can start going to the other two hotels, right? The, the teams are split between three different hotels. I think they can start mingling a little bit more. Um, obviously, they're going to be asked to to wear masks and to social distance. But um, but we, we're going to see more interaction, which maybe helps kind of keep things a little bit fresher. You know, and I think that'll be the key for the NBA in, in battling complacency with this stuff and keeping the tests at zero is finding ways to implement new things into the mix. And and so right now that's going to be, hey, now you guys can like go talk to the other players from the other hotels and the other, the, those things, you know, your tamper palooza can can become extended and you can become more. Right. Well, rounded that's with what it. this is. And then, right. Exactly. And then and then like, you know, a week and a half later, it's oh, by the way, uh, we're playing basketball again. So there's, right. there's yeah, your the next league, your next progression of it. The league sitting there stirring the the tamper pot. They got to. Uh, That's yeah. how you keep these and guys I, interested. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, I, I'm I'm here for it. I think that's going to be it's going to be interesting. Uh, I, I'm sure that the teams that are being left out are not pumped about all the tampering that's going to happen. But you know, uh, when Anthony Davis signs with the Milwaukee Bucks, oh, we'll, we'll be wow. we'll all be happy. You heard it here first, folks. Anthony Davis to the Milwaukee Bucks, care of Dave DeFore of The Athletic. (laughs) Hey, fellas. Are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? The beaches are opening, the sun is shining, and it's time to get Manscaped. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full body grooming game. They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. That includes an Essential Lawnmower 3.0, that's waterproof, cordless, body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. I own the Lawnmower 3.0, and it is a great product. I think it has a light on it for accurate grooming, and it's just a just a really well-made product. It is great. And inside the Perfect Package... You'll find Manscaped's Crop Preserver and Anti-Chafing Ball Deodorant and Moisturizer because we know how painful chafing can be when you're wearing your bathing suit all day long. So make sure you use that. And also make sure that you get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which is a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. They're good. I really, I've got some. Uh, and I wear them and they're wonderful. So make sure that you get some too and go to manscaped.com today and use the code THEATHLETIC. The NBA announced the cutoff for the awards. Awards voting is cut off as of March 11th. So no games after March 11th. Funny enough, Dave, that's the date that the NBA shut down due to the coronavirus. And so none of these seeding games will have to do. Now, I don't think you're going to get a defensive player of the year or a an MVP candidate from any of the eight teams that did not get invited to Orlando. But at the same time, this is about the way you had to do it because that's the only way to make it as fair as possible, at least for the voting. And the NBA announced that the voting will happen between July 21st and July 28th. Um, So now we get to like debate MVPing and stuff like that, which 
we did on the Athletic NBA show, the Basketbuds edition on Monday with you, with me, with Trevon Edwards, Wazzy Lambre. We had Jay King in there. Uh, we talked about all that stuff. Yeah, and listen, I, I actually think the league should have taken the vote probably at the end of April when they knew that the the season wasn't going to continue anywhere close to uh, you know the rest of the regular season. Uh, it would have been better, more fresh on the voters' minds. And, and we know a lot of these voters aren't really paying that close attention anyway, but I think it was just would have been better then. Less time for the narrative stuff to kind of infiltrate in the big races, meaning MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year. You can see like the narrative push is already happening in, as we're leading up because I guess the voting starts. We're recording this on Tuesday, yeah. the 21st. So the vo- voting actually starts today. I can tell you the and, ballots are out, Dave. <laughs> There you go. Oh, that's right, because uh, someone might have one. But the narrative stuff coming out, you know, LeBron uh, talking about the MVP race and and his stance in it. <laughs> I'm Anthony so, Davis. I'm so glad Anthony you Davis, brought that up. Anthony Davis bringing up, you know, hey, what LeBron's doing at his age. Here's the quote. The things he's doing at this at his age, he's playing probably one of his best years. Top team in the West. The thing he's able to do on the floor, especially when people were saying he was washed. Zach, if we had said that Giannis was washed, would he be more MVP or less MVP? Did we all? Uh, all right, here's the thing. Did we? What say, does that narrative matter? Did we say? Here's the thing. I'm challenging the narrative. Other than like MJ is the goat four nine four nine on Twitter saying LeBron is washed last season. I don't think actual people were really saying LeBron's washed. I no. don't like I this idea, and he's been going with this the hashtag Wash King all season long. Like it's. You know, I guess he's using his motivation to turn it into like a revenge tour and everything to keep himself going year 17, trying to win a title. Like, okay, but we've got to stop pretending that this is a real thing. Like, this isn't stuff that people have, that real people have said. Yeah, to be fair, I've also never referred to LeBron as king. So the Washed King (laughs) moniker is very like. I guess completely out of nowhere. I I think, or it's just oddly specific. Yeah, so that's the thing. If you ask the Lakers, who they think MVP is, well, LeBron had this to say. As far as the MVP race, I think I've shown what I'm capable of doing, not only individually, but from a team's perspective, us being number one in the West. There was a lot of conversation about, you know, LeBron can do those things in the East, but if he ever came out to the West, what can he do? I heard all of that. And to have our team at the top of the Western Conference and playing the way that we were playing at that time and the way I was playing, you know, that's definitely a good feeling. Then Anthony Davis said what you what you just said, uh, that was care of, Mike Trudell of the Los Angeles Lakers team reporter, Frank Vogel had this to say in that weekend, talking about the the big weekend in which the Lakers took out the Bucks and the Clippers. Fantastic weekend. Great for narrative building. Great for just basketball. Like LeBron played his mm-hmm. ass off that weekend. Frank Vogel told Sports Illustrated, LeBron took the toughest assignment in both games. He guarded Kawhi in the Clippers game and did a great job with him there. Uh, let me interject here. He guarded him at times in that game. He wasn't on him the yeah, whole game. Yeah. Uh, as Kawhi wasn't on him the whole game. That's how that works. That's how matchups work in the NBA. And then he guarded Giannis in the Bucks game when AD was in foul trouble and did a great job in those situations. I feel like after what he's able to do on the defensive end, combined with the dominance that he exhibits with not just scoring the ball, assisting the ball, but orchestrating our offense, leading us on the break, I think that weekend was probably a great indicator or a great measuring stick in regards to MVP. And so the Lakers are saying... LeBron James. Oh, Frank Vogel also threw in that Anthony Davis should be player or defensive player of the year. Uh, he just threw that in there as a as another quote. But that's the thing. But then if you ask the Bucks, 
Mike Budenholzer said, certainly Giannis in our minds has done more enough, more than enough to deserve a back-to-back MVP. What he does for both of us or for us on both ends of the court, what he does every night, the way he sets the bar for us, culture-wise, work ethic-wise, just as a teammate, he's an incredible teammate, plays unselfishly, does everything. And I think that's kind of what the MVP is. So we certainly feel like he's very deserving and we'll be excited to support him. So the Bucks think that Giannis is MVP and the Lakers think LeBron is MVP. Um, yeah, of course. Right. Like, right. I, I, like <laughs> right. it's news when like if Rajon Rondo comes out and says, no, Giannis is the MVP or if Pat Connaughton comes out and is like, actually, I think it should be LeBron. Like, you see what he's doing, leading the league in assists. Like, that's what he should be doing. Uh, but I just I don't know. It's funny to hear like the the number one in the West. Right. Uh, we're number one in the West. It's like, yeah, you are. And the West is definitely better than the East. I like I don't want to hear it like the you know, with like the East has good teams and the East has maybe more depth. Than we pre- previously thought they would. It's not the West. It's not dealing with the no, West every night, right? Not. And so, yes, that matters. But then, like, the Bucks were dominating everybody. Yeah. I mean, and listen, Giannis is doing this. I mean, we, we also talked about him potentially also winning Defensive Player of the Year, which defense is a big part of basketball. So if you're defensive player of the year level player and you're able to average 30 and I'm just looking right now, uh, almost 14 rebounds a game, almost six assists a game, the way that Giannis does. I mean, he clearly affects the game heavily on both ends. You know, we're talking there. The difference in their offense is like point three points per hundred possessions. The Lakers had the slight edge. But the Bucks were far and away the best defense in the league this season. So, yeah. you know, look, nothing but respect for LeBron, what he was able to do. But it is funny to me that all of a sudden it's, again, that LeBron has no help. Look at what he was able to do when he's got Anthony Davis, who everyone agrees is one of the five best players in basketball. You know, Chris Middleton was all NBA this year, I thought. I thought he was one of the six best forwards in the league. But he has never gotten the respect that Anthony Davis has gotten. Until LeBron comes close to to Giannis for MVP. And now all of a sudden, well, Chris Middleton is a top 10 player. It's right. just, you know, well, listen, <laughs> drop the narratives. Giannis, Giannis is the MVP. That's I, well, it. Look, I if you go with LeBron, I don't think it's wrong. I think LeBron has been arguably the most valuable. Yes, he has Anthony Davis. But then after that, it is a real cluster bleep of mismatched parts and everything. Right. Like, I think the Bucks have a absolutely have a better team. Mm-hmm. You could argue they have a better coach. And they have they do play in and it's weaker, here too. Yeah, in right. Their system. Right, exactly. And they do have a yeah. weaker they do have a, a weaker you know conference than what the Lakers go with. But at the same time, there is a level of dominance with Giannis, what he's done on both ends of the floor, and it's been consistent on both ends of the floor that I don't think you could ignore. And they were on pace for seventy wins. Like there's there's a lot going in right. both players favor and so it's just like i guess you know narrative is part of this stuff i've addressed that in like awards rankings on the athletic and everything Mm -hmm. so narrative is definitely a part of this um but i just think like i'd rather keep it to the basketball element of it right and not and there's plenty and like plenty of basketball reasons to argue for lebron exactly there there really are i don't care that he's in year 17 Right. Like, I don't care that at his age, what he's doing, all I care is about what has he done this year. And he's had arguably the most value, just like Giannis at his young age. I guess you could say like, wow, young age winning back to back MVPs. What a narrative that would Mm -hmm. be. That doesn't factor into me. The fact that he won MVP last year does not factor in for me. It should just be about what happened this year. That's really all I I care about. And I don't think it's like it's not black and white. Like, I don't I don't think like I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron gets a fair amount of votes. Because yeah, what yeah, you yeah. value on a basketball court may be different than than someone else. 
So I'm not saying that it's a completely farcical idea that LeBron is MVP, but those narratives just do not move me in any way, and nor should they. Right. And again, if you want a real argument, let me see your teammate not advocating for you, but advocating for the the other guy. That's when we'll make some news. That would be incredible. I think Dion Waiters might do that if we actually put a microphone in front of his. Face. I'm just waiting to hear that James Harden should be the MVP. That's oh well, you know, to make that. I don't know. If, someone give me that argument. I don't know if Daryl Morey's tweeted in a while, but next time he does, I'm sure it's coming. Yeah. The uh, Sacramento Kings are pretty banged up. Jason Jones of the Athletic let us know earlier on Tuesday. Marvin Bagley the third is still under evaluation. I believe he's awaiting an MRI as we're recording this. Harrison Barnes is still in Sacramento with coronavirus, and De'Aaron Fox is progressing from his ankle injury, but still does have an ankle injury. With the other yeah. stuff in regards to coronavirus, you know, Jabari Parker, who else? Alex Len, uh, Buddy mm-hmm. Heald, all tested positive through various reports and confirmation. Dave, like I, man, it feels like the Kings are really in an uphill battle here, not just because they got to deal with Memphis and New Orleans and San Antonio and Portland and all that, but they just, man, getting guys on the court is going to be tough. Yeah, and they they actually have had this problem all year. You know, obviously Bagley missed most of the season with with that foot and ankle problem that he had. Darren Fox started the season off with an ankle injury, and and they were playing their best basketball when he was healthy. And, and to see him suffer another ankle injury is disconcerting. Obviously, Bagley being hurt is just a real bummer, man. His second year in the league, and the guy just can't seem to get healthy. And he's so much fun to watch when he's out there. I mean, he's so active. He does a lot. And it just stinks that that this guy, even with all this long layoff, came back and has re-aggravated this injury. So it's tough, man. And, you know, this is something we've talked about a lot. And, and actually this week on Nerder, she wrote, we're going to talk to a trainer for an NBA team about this because the soft tissue injuries are going to be more prevalent yep. in this environment. All the layoff, you know, guys are trying to not only get into into shape, but into basketball shape. All at once. Yeah. And it was such an odd, long layoff where guys weren't as active as they normally would be during a summer offseason. So uh, it is a big concern. And, and, you know, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Kings make some decisions like the Grizzlies just made today. Yeah. Um, look, I think at a certain point you have to decide how much is it worth it to shut guys down or to to try to force them to play. We've had that conversation already with Zion leaving the bubble just to go deal with a family emergency, right? Like it, you're going to have these conversations with Montrez Harrell with him choosing to leave the bubble. Like at a certain point, you know, obviously with the Clippers, they're in they're in line to compete for a championship. Kings, Pelicans, they're not. Grizzlies are not, right? And so they've right. they've made tough decisions. They're going to have more tough decisions to make in the future. But one of that, one of those tough decisions, the Grizzlies announced that Justice Winslow is sidelined for the remainder of the restart in Orlando after suffering a hip injury, which man, Dave, this guy just cannot stay on the court. It's been fresh. I think he's played like 11 games this year. He's made, missed a bunch of games over the last four seasons. And now the the Grizzlies aren't risking it. They realize, Hey, you're part of our future. Uh, We want to make sure that you're as healthy as possible. We're not going to risk your, your hip and your long-term viability by uh, by making you play in Orlando. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of a lot of discussion around players who are injury prone, and I don't know if I necessarily believe in being injury prone. I, I, I'm not I'm not a doctor. I'm not an orthopedic surgeon or anything like that, so I can't make any sort of determination. Justice Winslow has been prone to injury in his career, suffering an injury during this this short comeback. It, it, he's one of the guys that I would put on the on the billboard for people I would have been worried about coming into this restart. And it just sucks to see a guy, 
you know, I mean, he's still kind of at the beginning of his career, hasn't really been able to get going. And, and for the Grizzlies, you know, trying to hang on to that eight seed, I think they were really looking forward to having someone fill some of the voids that they have on the wing for that team and not to mention another playmaker. So yeah. it's a big loss for for Justice, obviously, but it's a pretty big loss for the Grizzlies. Yeah, absolutely. And, you, you know, you mentioned another playmaker out there. Uh, Jaw isn't just someone who can who can play well on the ball, right? He's, he's a guy that can live off the ball too and, and still be dangerous. And so that was, that's definitely a big blow to them, but hopefully he recovers. Hopefully he's fine in the future. And as we get back to more normal basketball seasons in the future, that he'll be a big part of that, especially with the Grizzlies. Tracy McGrady and Jermaine O'Neal told Mark Stein of the New York times. They're starting a player representation agency. Tracy McGrady said, we think it's needed and we have a passion for it. We're around kids every single day because we have youth programs. It just makes sense. We see the lack of information that these kids are getting. So we would be doing a disservice to our people if we didn't lend our expertise of what we know and help guide them. This is a calling that we have. Uh, Jermaine O'Neal said, make no mistake, that's a very personal endeavor for them. Look, these are two guys that went through the leap from high school to the pros, became, you know, unbelievable all-star, all-NBA level players, made a lot of money, have seen a lot of successes and pitfalls from from their own life, from players around them. Like they know this business. And I think the more expertise that that kids can get, especially as it seems like the NBA starts giving more avenues for avoiding college basketball altogether, this is this could be a potentially very good thing as long as they handle it properly. And and this is a little bit of like retired player empowerment as well. Yeah. You using the platform and experience to give back to younger players and help them guide themselves through their careers. Uh, you know, I fully respect it. I also respect Tracy McGrady realizing that it's a little bit of a conflict of interest, maybe ethically, to be in a broadcasting role if he was going to do this. And he he's saying that he's most likely going to step away from that. So a lot of respect for that. And uh, Jermaine O'Neal, hey, before you take that uh, player agent exam, give Larry Kuhn a holler and uh, brush up on the CBA. There you go. Bulls rookie big man, Daniel Gafford. Turns out doesn't love Jim Boylan's shocker. Uh, this is via 670 The Score in Chicago. They were apparently watching him play 2K20 on Twitch, and he said this. I'm going to answer this question, but I'm not going to read it out loud. As a matter of fact, I will read it out loud. Do you like Jim Boylan? He's all right. I don't like him a lot, but he's okay. Got some things he can work on. Got some things he can get better at as a person and as a coach. I'm not going to hate on him. I'm not going to hate the man. Ah. Uh, Kind of hated him a little bit there. Kind of, kind of hated on. Yeah, him. but this is a separate. Uh, like, look, Lowry Markin has had issues with him. Obviously, we know we've seen Zach Levine just question everything on the court when it comes to Jim Boylan's decisions. But Dave, I don't think he's in danger of losing his job because you look at the economics of the league right now. You look at the Reinsdorf and their, you know, penny pension in the in the past. Like, I think he's going to be able to at least play out the next year of his contract as the NBA tries to recover financially. Yeah, listen, when you're getting hammered by the guy who played the third most minutes at center for your team, <laughs> things are great. The guy who's battling Cristiano Felicio. Luke, he's fighting Luke Cornette for minutes and he's <laughs> slandering you on Twitch. Probably not a good sign. Yeah, it's uh, not a great thing. But, you know, we get at least another season of that. So congratulations. That's to right. Jim I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. No, I'm all in. Of course. Yeah. If they're not going to be good, you might as well be interesting. Last bit of news, the Hawks unveiled new uniforms. Dave, these things are legit. Those red ones. Oh, man, I'm all in. I'm in. I'm in. They've got they've got a little bit of the old school, late 80s Hawks vibe. You could tell they really wanted to incorporate some of the more vivid colors that they've been using recently. Yeah. 
I actually really, I think I'm probably going to pick up a pair of the black shorts. Yeah. To be honest, I like those. Actually, as a matter of fact, the Hawks should just send us some. You know, we can get eyeballs. I I would never say, "Hey, Atlanta Hawks, send Dave and I a pair of shorts." I'm a large, Dave. I don't know what size you are. I wear a large. You wear a large. Okay, so that's easy, right? Two larges. I would never say, "Atlanta Hawks, send us these shorts." I would like a red. Dave would like the one in black in a large. Yeah. Um, I would never say that because I don't think that's right. But you know, if they did, I wouldn't hate it. I, I, they look good, and I'd wear they them. They look fantastic, absolutely. And if they happen to have pockets by any means, the oh, big man. thing with basketball shorts you need those pockets in there because otherwise, not to play in though, not to That's play dangerous. in, no, not to play in, uh, just to wear around. <laughs> Who's playing basketball? Right, all soon, like in. no one's playing basketball anymore. I don't know when the next time I'm going to play pickup. We all just live in. We all just live in basketball shorts now anyway, exactly. right? Like, that's Pretty just much. how it is. Yeah, that's just that's just life. Uh, that's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. Of course, the Athletic NBA show, which launched last week. you got Basket Buds on Monday. You've got Tampering on Tuesday. Great tampering episode with Jamal Crawford talking to Sam Amick this week. So check that one out. Hoops adjacent with uh, David Aldrich and Big Waz, Wazney Lambre. Of course, you've got Point of Contention with Ethan Strauss and Marcus Thompson. And then, uh, oh, what's up? One. Oh yeah, Nerdish you wrote with Dave DeFour, with Mo Dacchio, with Seth Partnow, just dropping knowledge after knowledge after knowledge on you every Friday to round out the week. And of course, you have team-specific shows from some of your favorite athletic beat writers. Don't forget, follow on, on the app, get notifications for your episodes, use the comment section, tell us how, how you feel and what a great job you're doing. Again, theathletic.com slash daily ding. Get yourself a free 30-day trial. Thanks for waking up with us. That's today's episode. That's this week's episode. We have basketball next week. We think, as long as those tests come up negative, we're back. Basketball's back. Dave, hit us with a sign-off. Ding, ding. Ding, ding.